For any size gift before Ash Wednesday, February 14th, we'll send you my 2024 Lenten devotional booklet. Make a secure online donation at thewordendures.org or make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. And we'll send you my new devotional book for Lent, By Your Holy Cross. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. This is the unmistakable peace of being in the right with God through Jesus and living in communion with Him. You know when you are, and you know it when you've stepped out of that communion, and instead of being peaceful, your conscience is troubled. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the book of Colossians. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Last time, our study was a little bit bloody, if you recall. Paul gave us all sorts of things from our old life that need to be hauled before the Spirit's firing squad and executed. He started out with sexual immorality or fornication, but moved right away to impurity, which suggests more the execution of sinful lusts, whether they are expressed in deeds or not. They are to be not indulged, passion and evil desire or evil concupiscence and covetousness, which Paul dared to equate with idolatry. He reminded us that the wrath of God is surely coming on those who persist in indulging in such things. He reminded them that they had indeed once walked in such things. They lived the same evil life as everyone else. But that changed when they were baptized into Christ Jesus. And so, now to the firing squad go also things like anger and wrath, malice and slander and salacious talk. Oh, and any kind of lying. None of this fits with the new self, who is renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator, made ever more like Jesus himself. And remember, in this new self, all the human divisions fall away, whether of tribe or class or culture, all of them fade before the fact that our new life is found wholly in Jesus and in him alone. Now, I must confess that these next verses are my favorite in the entire epistle. A reading from Colossians, the third chapter, beginning at the 12th verse. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. Let us pray. Lord God, bless your word wherever it is proclaimed. Make it a word of power and peace to convert those not yet your own and to confirm those who have come to the saving faith. May your word pass from the ear to the heart, from the heart to the lip, and from the lip to the life, that, as you have promised, your word may achieve the purpose for which you send it. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Ready to ponder these joyous words? Let's dig into them. Verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. We've been given a huge list last time of the stuff that needs to exit our life, to no longer be allowed to be part of it. But now, St. Paul shifts direction from what has to go to what gets to replace it, and is it ever beautiful. He starts, though, before speaking of these behaviors or virtues, by first reminding the Colossians, and so us, who we've been made in Jesus. We are now God's chosen ones. Everything that belonged to Israel as the chosen people has been inherited by the church. He has marked us as his very own, and in his Son, By virtue of his son's cross, he has made us holy and beloved. Holy because the very holiness of Jesus, his unbroken yes to the Father's will, has been made over to us in holy baptism and because his blood has completely atoned or paid for all of our disobedience. So holy, yes, but also beloved. In and through his son, The Father has loved us since before time began, long before you ever lived or breathed. This you come to know in Jesus. And so, as Jesus' own people, as his holy ones, as his Father's dearly loved ones, what kind of clothing should you put on? How will you behave? Well, St. Paul throws open the divine wardrobe and starts tossing the clothes at us at warp speed. Here, try this. Oh, and this. And imagine what it'll be like in that. He starts with compassionate hearts. Hearts that can feel for the misery and sorrow of our fellow sinners. Hearts like our Savior's own. Compassion is Jesus' signature word. Then also kindness. I think we all know what that means. That beneficent disposition toward other people. Humility. That realization that in and of ourselves, we're worthy of none of this. And in fact worthy of the opposite. We are in no position to look down on a single soul. And then meekness, which means trusting in God to look after us without us thinking that we need to take matters into our own hands. Finally, patience. That is, the attitude of trustful waiting on God and refusing to leap to judgments on our brothers. All these duds that Paul tosses at us, he bids us learn to dress up in to put them on and wear them 
as our clothing for the new life that we've been given. But there's more. Verse 13. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. Bearing with each other means putting up with the weakness of others, and let's be honest, with their irritating habits, instead of blowing up over them, just actually forgiving them. Just like Jesus has completely forgiven all our sins, so we also get to share forgiveness richly with each other. One of my favorite passages in the Lutheran Confessions simply nails this whole subject. Listen. In all families and in all states, unity should be nourished by mutual offices, and peace cannot be maintained unless people overlook and forgive certain mistakes among themselves. In a similar way, Paul commands that there should be love in the church in order that it may preserve unity, bear with the harsher manner of brethren as there is need, and overlook certain less serious mistakes. This must happen or else the church will fly apart into various schisms, and hostilities and factions and heresies will arise from the schisms. So, instead of gossiping and complaining about what your brother or sister in Christ has done to you, the apostolic injunction is for you to bear it, to bear it in prayer and seek God's forgiveness for them and to forgive them yourself. One of the ways our society today is coming apart at the seams is this refusal to cover over anyone else's sin with forgiveness. We've become the most judgmental, legalistic, self-justifying society imaginable. And it's all because there is no forgiveness, just cancellation. But St. Paul has even more to say. Verse 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is what holds it all together, makes life to be a harmonious song of praise to God. Love. Without love, as St. Paul reminded the Corinthians, we'd be nothing. And St. Paul knew as well as St. John that this love that shows up in our lives is only the counter-love to the divine love we've experienced in Jesus. We love because he first loved us will always be true. But he first loved us that our lives might evidence this love, which is compassionate, kind, humble, meek, patient, forgiving, and forbearing. And yet there's even more to this new life that Jesus is inviting us into. Verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. The word rule here really means act as arbiter or umpire. It rules thoughts in or out of bounds. The sense of inner peace, then, is a great guide. This peace is one of Jesus' most precious gifts to us, and it is a peace that is ours as we are called in one body. So this is not the cheap and false peace of just being at peace, doing whatever you want to do. This is the unmistakable peace of being in the right with God through Jesus and living in communion with him. You know when you are 
And you know it when you've stepped out of that communion, and instead of being peaceful, your conscience is troubled. The peace is there to make it very clear to you where the communion of Jesus exists and where it has been abandoned. And as a sure mark of the communion with Jesus, this peace goes along with thankfulness. When you are living in communion with the Son of God, you are living lives of reception, where good gifts from the Heavenly Father pour down without ceasing, and so the song of praise and thanksgiving arises continually. When you reach out and snatch what God has not given, the peace is extinguished and the thanksgiving dies on your lips. How can you give thanks to him for something he never gave you in the first place, something he did not intend for you to have? Well, there's even more. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Our communion with Christ is mediated to us via his word. So our great joy as Christians is to let that word inhabit us, for he comes with it. The very point of the church's hymnody is that this is how we sing the word and wisdom of God into each other's ears and lodge it in one another's hearts. This explains, by the way, why the majority of Christian hymns are not addressed to God, but to our fellow believers. We proclaim his praises to each other by announcing the great things he's done for us in his Son. And so, since we're singing the word of Jesus, we're singing thankfully in our hearts as we seek to plant that word into other hearts too. Verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is Paul's great general wrap-up of the new life. He covers everything you might do, whether it's word that you speak or action that you perform, whatever it is, he invites you to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what does that mean? Here's St. John Chrysostom explaining this to his congregation in the fourth century in Antioch. For if we act in this way, there will be nothing polluted, nothing unclean, wherever Christ is called upon. If you eat, if you drink, if you marry, if you travel, do all in the name of God, that is, calling him to help you in everything. First pray, then conduct your business. So, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus means invoking his name and seeking his help and blessing as part of every endeavor. And as you invoke him, giving thanks to the Father through him. So, taken as a whole, our beautiful new life in Jesus is simply allowing his love 
to shape our every dealing with each other from start to finish, with his peace guarding our hearts and his word as a song in our hearts and on our lips, always being cognizant of him and of his will in all our doings, and so living in communion with him in his own unending thanksgiving and praise. That's the Christian life, folks. And it's a crying shame that we ever settle for anything less than this joyous communion with Jesus, which St. Paul unpacks for us right here. Why dress up in anything less than these awesome duds? They totally befit people who have already passed through death and enjoy right now everlasting life. That's where we're going to call a halt for today. Next up, St. Paul will unpack the new life in Christ and what that means for the home and the workplace. He firmly believes that the love and peace and the word of Christ will transform homes from being battlegrounds of the sexes to being places of harmonious love where good order reigns and children are raised to the glory of God. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.